Tonight's story on the Universal Show is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. This, as you may recognize, is Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Orlando Resort. And Rhino has a very fun idea. Uh, we've talked so much about the houses, we've talked about the food, but one thing we haven't really talked about is the scare zones. And Rhino is very much into the lore of the scare zones this year, and he wants to run us through everything and go in chronological order, check it all out, so you get to see what it looks like in here through all the scare zones, but then you also are going to get way more backstory than you could possibly want. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, of course, I'm Craig Williams, joined by Rhino. And we're ready to get inside Halloween Horror Nights and really go through everything here. Before we do, I want to remind you, this is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. If you like our content, you want to support us, book a vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Cost you no extra money and you get the support of one of the awesome Dreams Unlimited Travel agents. So, head over to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com today for a free, no-obligation quote. It's starting to get dark out here. Things are starting to get scary. So I think we need to start moving around before we lose too much light. Because once it gets dark, Rhino gets extra scared. Boo. Boo. Let's go. No. Just me. Just, just me. As you enter Halloween Horror Nights, the first scare zone that you're going to encounter is actually Dr. Oddfellow's collection of horror, but that is not where our story begins tonight. I've got notes open on my phone because I've, I've done a deep dive into the lore of this year's event because you may or may not know all of these scare zones and the houses, a couple of the houses have some connectivity, uh, connected tissue that we're going to go through tonight. So they all kind of take place in different times. So our first one we're going to head to is actually uh, in the Jungle of Doom Expedition of Horror, which is down by Springfield, USA. So why don't we head down that way? So here's the thing, a little backstory. If you're not familiar with Dr. Oddfellow, his first name, Rich. Can you believe it? Old Dickie Oddfellow over here. But uh, this is the first time that Dr. Oddfellow has appeared at the event since the Fear House in 2000. So that is way predates my time coming to Halloween Horror Nights, predates Craig's time coming to Halloween Horror Nights. Um, and the thing about that, too, is that if you're a super fan, you might notice that a little bit has been changed, some of his appearance and a little bit of the backstory. But uh, what I gathered is that Dr. Oddfellow is striving to harness the power of the Zodiac. He draws symbols on his face as well as his body in an attempt to gain their power as well as the power of immortality. So that's why you're going to see this year at the event in a lot of places, you're going to see the Dr. Oddfellow symbol, you're going to see Zodiac symbols, and there's even a Zodiac scare zone. But again, we're not headed there now, even though that's where we're walking through. And I'm very uncomfortable because there's a lot of people with chainsaws around here, and they keep making eye contact with me. Oh, God. Here we are now at the entrance of Jungle of Doom Expedition Horror. Now, this one is set in the 1920s, uh, and this is where Dr. Oddfellow finds a glowing green artifact, okay? It looks like a skull to me, but he comes up, he does a little show, 
and then he kind of walks around. So here's the official description that I got from the wikis and the websites and the deep dive that I did. It goes, in the 1920s, while searching for ways to bolster his mystic abilities and extend his life, Dr. Oddfellow ventured deep into a cursed jungle known by superstitious, superstitious locals as the Jungle of Doom. There he discovered a crystal skull in an ancient temple which granted him powers over living souls, bending them to his will. Using the skull, he twisted the flora and the fauna of the jungle, turning them into his own horrid abominations. It is implied that this was the skull that would eventually sit atop his silver cane of souls, one of his main sources of power. Okay, so we're going to see that, that cane in a little bit here. But should we walk through this scare zone and take a look and see if it accomplishes that story that I just said? Yes. Yes. so foggy they use so much fog in oh it. it's like it's so. crazy at night i'm like afraid to take too many steps forward i mean i think you can see it right now in the video further down in the scare zone it's like just so thick like, yeah, and thick. if it's humid that stuff sticks to the air yeah it opened up here a little bit but so many people so this is a, one of the fauna fauna apple very scary people that are like bird people. I mean, that's not a bird person. That's like a mantis type of person. Too, not fauna, but whatever. What's the difference between fauna and flora? I don't know. One's one and one's Is the one other. one animals and one plant? <laughs> Brave man going in there that deep. Oh, God. Scared me. What do you think? Do you think it accomplished the point of the story? I am not so sure about that, but I like the creatures. Uh, as it gets darker in there, I mean, obviously, you lose out on a lot of details with them, and we spent a lot of time in here earlier tonight, and it was the first time I really got to, like, really look at the details on them, and it's just all missing from night. So uh, I don't know if it accomplishes the story, but it's real pretty to look out in the daytime. Yeah, I mean, I like the coloring, like the colors that kind of come through when the, the the fog comes out. And this has always like historically been kind of like a tighter 
shorter scare zone because it's really just kind of a bridge or a walkway to get you from one part of the park to another part of the park. Um, so what they do in here, I feel like, is good, and it's pretty standard about popping out. And I, I would, I would be lying if I said that I didn't get scared no. in here. So, uh, and you said it earlier, the fog can get so thick in here that that makes me so nervous when I walk yeah. through. So I think it's a good, like, I do think in terms of like getting scared, it's solid. But in terms of conveying that story, there is a. Um, there is some dialogue they've added since the opening night that I feel like tells that that little bit of missing connective tissue out here. So it's okay. Okay, so where are we going next? Um, so the next place we need to go is into the, the house, which is called Dr. Oddfellow's- uh, Twisted Origins. Twisted Origins, because that house takes place specifically in 1939. Do you want me to tell you the story before we go in or after? Mm, after. Okay, let's go to the house. Distorted, and you are mine. Kill them! 
distorted, and you are mine. Kill them! We went through the house. We were lucky enough that we were here early enough that it wasn't too bad of a wait. That's irrelevant. That's not what this video is about. It's about Dr. Oddfellow's Twisted Origins, which, like I said, takes place in 1939, where he has uh, the green glowing cane and he's stealing souls to be immortal. Uh, at least, that's what I think was going on in the house. So, uh, the Wikipedia page says he's kidnapping and torturing patrons, eventually sacrificing their souls to harness the power of the Zodiac. He'd then mutilate their corpses, contorting their bodies in ways that mimic the 12 Zodiacs. Once sacrificing enough souls to the Zodiac, he puts symbols all over the carnival in order to complete the ritual and gain immortality. Um, I'm not sure that I 100% going through the first time got the mutilation part from the house, although there was that like weird sort of bull creature, yeah. and then there was the lion that launches at you, right? But the um, lion looks like a real lion. Yeah, and that's the part where I was like, is it But the bull is a half-man, half-bull. Well, and when you see Dr. Oddfellow as you go in the house, like, he's flanked on either side really far back, though, um, by, like, goat people, I think they were, or something. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. That just sounded like I was scared. Um, so... I don't know. At the So here's the thing. At the end of the house, um, guests would be killed by Dr. Oddfellow and their souls would be sent into another plane of existence. So that's why, like, once you go through um, that last little part, you end up in that hallway where all the Zodiac symbols are all over everything. I don't know if you had, if you just walked in the house that you would ever even remotely be able to understand that part of the story, right? Nah. Like, I don't, I don't, like, you have to know to be what you're looking for. I like this house because I'm afraid of clowns and circuses, so it works on that scary, like, and tight yeah. spaces. So it works on that level for me. And that's what people would say. There's clowns. There's clowns. And bull and people. Out. And that weird people. bull. But, like, nah. I'm like, is that just part of the, is that just part of a circus? Nah. Isn't it? Nah. So, I don't know. But that is going to bring us to the next portion of the story, which is Shipyard 32, Horrors Unhinged, which takes place in the 1940s. That area is in San Francisco, so we're going to go take a look over there. Because apparently, Dr. Oddfellow also makes an appearance in all of the scare zones. So we saw the young version of him getting that green glowing kind of skull artifact that gives him immortality, right? And then he has the cane in this house. Um, the thing, the, the way you can recognize him is he's got like these marks on his face that are supposedly scratches that Jack the Clown um, has like has done when he clawed into him. him clawed into him and that's how Jack is also immortal because he got some of his skin under his fingertips you can kind of see that happening in the house on the side but it's something you really have to be looking for in there but regardless he is apparently present in all the scare zones I haven't seen him over there yet but let's go take a look and see if we can find him and see all the creatures and I'll fill you in on the story over there We've made it to Shipyard 32, Horrors Unhinged, taking place in the 1940s. So here's the description of this scare zone, taken from the various internet places that you can get it. It's with his powers increasing and his collection of dark artifacts and monsters growing by the day, Oddfellow had shipped various creatures from either his worldly travels or twisted experimentations to his private warehouse on Shipyard 32, whether for further study or for later use in his sideshow. However, the monstrosities had managed to break free and cause havoc in the area, mercilessly attacking the docks. Stivadores, I don't know what that word is. 
and locals who wandered by the shipyard. Rather than risk discovery of his warehouse or his own safety attempting to recontain the beast, Oddfellow decided instead to revel in the chaos and carnage they created, using his magic to disguise himself as one of the creatures while still bearing that facial scar that that Jack left on him and attacking anyone who entered the shipyard. So I haven't seen what the creature is, but I am determined to find him at Halloween Horror Nights. 32. 2023, baby. I know you're going to ask me about Story Rhino, and I obviously did not get any story in there. Also, I mean, maybe it was just how crowded it was, but I also felt like it was really bare in there. And, you know, everyone loves uh, the one character once you get towards, I mean, I guess it depends on which way you go in. Yeah, it's either if, if you're coming from, like, Richter's and Fast and Furious... She'll be on your left. It's Patricia. And if you're coming from this way we did, it'll be on your right right at the end. But everyone was, like, obsessed. And security's just, like, screaming, like, one picture and move, one picture and move. And uh, a little overwhelming. I it just, it's so hard with, like, that in the Central Park scare zone that we went through first. They're so tight in terms of the, the choke points that it's hard to have a lot of characters. It's hard to, like showcase a lot of story in those those moments but it's okay did you it's see not, the odd fellow character because I, I did not i couldn't honestly i saw like two inmates and i felt like that was more than the characters that were actually in there yeah. there was like a werewolf there was the bat thing there yeah. was another still person and then, and then like the fairy in the cage yeah and then the one guy in the hoodie that i was like yeah, the what one is this the is this left over from the purge or something yeah, so, that was weird where I was like, oh, they had hoodies in 1940. Yeah, I guess they did. So, yeah, just uh, just okay. Just for me. Well, we're going to move on to Vamp 69. We're here. We're at Vamp 69, Summer of Blood, which continues the story forward. And the description is the zone takes place in the summer of 1969 during a New York musical festival called Music Fest. Having infiltrated their hive and manipulated their leaders, Oddfellow would release a coven of vampires into the festival to wreak havoc on this small town. Hiding amongst the patrons during the frenzy, Oddfellow would use his cane of souls to absorb the essence of the slain concert goers and fallen vampires alike. He'd later abscond with the body of the vampire hive's leader, Orlato. Some have long theorized to have been killed by Oddfellow himself in the chaos, so... Mm-mm and absorbed his soul to gain further control over the undead and continue to lengthen his life. Um, Yeah, so in this scare zone, my tip for you is, I think Dr. Oddfellow is the one that looks like Jimi Hendrix. I don't know if he's out right now. Ryan, what'd you think? I, I think for me, I, I, I feel like every year there's a scare zone that puts out a very specific vibe that people react to. And I feel like this is that one. It's not my favorite versions of the Vamp. Vamp 85 will always be my favorite because it was a New Year's Eve countdown to 1985, which is the year and day I was born. Um, but it's I, I like that there are a ton of characters in there. And I think that they are just doing the most with what they have. There's some great makeup work in there. There's cool costumes. The music is fun. But there are a ton of characters. Ton of characters in there. So, um, And then we did, of course, see the Dr. Oddfellow 
uh, character, which I think is harder to see at night uh, because you're really looking for a scar on a face. And that definitely is something that kind of gets lost when it's really dark and, and like that. But I've waited for this scare zone before, so I knew who the, the character was. And so that's how we were looking for him. He's a little sly. You got to watch out. But that's that portion of this. Next, I think we're going to move over. Well, what did you think? I'm sorry. I cut you right off. He's wrong. Vamp 69 is the best scare zone oh. version of anything vampire. And I love Vamp 55. Vamp 85. I, I didn't know. The 80s weren't, it just wasn't where it was at with vampires. The 60s, though, that's where it's at. Great scare zone. So now that we're done with Vamp 69, we're actually going to head over to Dark Zodiac uh, scare zone. And I'm not really sure where that takes place within the timeline. Um, it would seem like you go there after the Oddfellow house, but uh, the description leads me to believe it's later than that. But why don't we head over there and I'll talk a little more about it. So here is the description that I have for the Dark Zodiac Scare Zone. In his quest for immortality, Dr. Oddfellow has successfully found a way to travel to and take over the Zodiac dimension, twisting the Zodiac sign entities into his own devilish creatures or creations. With their power fully under his command, Oddfellow has finally become truly unstoppable, or so he thought. So after his supposed death in 2007 at the hands of his former protege, a resurrected and vengeful Jack the Clown, Oddfellow's soul was cast back into the Zodiac dimension, greatly weakened and lost for years, believed to be sealed away now having found a mysterious way to return to the mortal world, Oddfellow has opened a tear in the Zodiac and lured sacrifices in to rebuild his strength through the Zodiac creatures that he kills. And this is why I said I wasn't sure where it takes place. Because is it right after the 1939 or are we doing it after that 27 area, a 2007 time frame that I'm talking about? So, um, and, and then I'm, I'm, I'm imagining this leads right into the scare zone at, at the front of the park, which we'll go back and revisit. I actually feel like Dark Zodiac is probably the best in terms of telling the entire story of the scare zone. I mean, you see the dark creatures that have turned. You see the Zodiac symbols on them. You see it all around. Uh, the scare zone's great. I love the lighting effects in there. The one thing I'll say, they need more special effects. Like, I want to see huge fire, not just little pieces of it. And, you know, just, just little touches like that that would take it to the next level. But great scare zone. I think that Dark Zodiac uh, and Vamp 69 are definitely the highlights in terms of the scare zone for me. Um, so I'm guessing that the Dark Zodiac scare zone story-wise is supposed to lead right into the Dr. Oddfellow's collection of horror, which is basically like a very tiny scare zone, um, but where he comes out on stage and he's a little more demonic and he does like a little show. But here's the description of that scare zone. In 2007, Dr. Oddfellow was slain by a vengeful Jack the Clown, his soul cast deep into the mysterious Zodiac dimension. Uh, now having returned from the dead and his cane of souls reclaimed, Oddfellow is promising all who enter immortality and invites the masses to see how he uses blood and other ingredients to make elixirs in order to achieve this. 
Um, in truth, Dr. Oddfellow uh, would use the few who survived to increase his legion of followers, enthralling them hypnotically to follow his every command while those killed by his twisted creations or fellow immortals would be added to his cane to restore his lost power and expand his influence over the living. Um, and that brings us up to today. So, um, so I guess we really just don't know what he was up to in the 50s. Fan 50? Who knows? Fan 55, I mean, sorry. That's a bright light. Um, she's going to get in trouble because you're not supposed to have a flash on in the scare zone. Anyway, um, I think that uh, what's kind of cool... Oh, no, no, scary. 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 Well, I think what's kind of cool is that the description of the, the scare zone here just behind me is that... It's leading me to believe that at the end of this year's event, Oddfellow will reign supreme and become, like, full power and really take his place as one of the icons of Halloween Horror Night. Tonight's story on the Universal show is somewhat unique and calls for a different type of conclusion. This, as you may recognize, is still Halloween Horror Nights, but we've reached our final scare zone. And honestly, I don't know what to make of this one. It's just like, let's throw a bunch of stuff together, make sure there's a lot of people who aren't necessarily wearing, like, fully clothed outfits, and uh, we'll see how people like it. And I'm sure a lot of people do like it. But I'll tell you what, that Dr. Oddfellow, like his little show, it's cute. I like it. It's, uh, it's that's the entire vibe for the area. What do you think, Rhino? I mean, I like it. I'm a fan of Dr. Oddfellow. He has cast a spell on me. Okie dokie. I thought that was the answer. I mean, ultimately, I think as you saw tonight through Rhino's passion, the entire event is telling, uh, maybe not the most cohesive story, but it still feels like there is that connection that's running all the way through it. And maybe the actual story is better than how it was executed, but nonetheless... I think it's a lot of fun, and it adds to the entire environment of Halloween Horror Nights this year. So, I hope you have the opportunity to come out and see it before Halloween Horror Nights ends in November. If you already came in September, you're like, been there, done that. If you're coming in October, it's the best time of the year to do it. And you know what? You need help planning that last-second vacation, Dreams Unlimited Travel. Get a free no-obligation quote today at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. But that's going to do it for us here. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, leave comments, questions, video suggestions in the comments section. If you're listening to this, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us positive ratings and reviews when possible. Uh, but that's going to do it for me, Craig. Rhino, say bye. Bye. And we'll see you next time we enter the fog. Uh, okay, I'm gone. I'm bye. Bye-bye.